Through the prophet Isaiah, God tells us that our ways are not his ways, that his ways are much greater than our ways. And that's really kind of the concept behind this theme of the world turned upside down, how God takes things that seem the opposite of how we would think and turns them into blessings for each one of us. Tonight, we're going to talk about loving our enemies. You don't have to look very far in our world to see that there isn't a lot of love for people who disagree with each other, is there? I don't know how it can possibly happen, but it happens almost every day that two people or two sides of an issue can see the exact same thing and conclude two completely opposite things about what just happened. If you watched any of the State of the Union address or if you know about the impeachment, you know that there are two camps that are on completely opposite ideas of what's going on. Well, tonight Jesus has an answer for us and he flips upside down this whole concept of how it is that we should interact with each other, how it is that we should love our enemies. All right, I got to throw back just a little bit today. Does anybody know Happy Bunny? Do you know who this guy is, this Happy Bunny guy? So long before, long before there were things like memes and emojis and TikTok videos, there was novelty stores that had things like t-shirts and calendars that had kind of funny sayings on them and this guy, Happy Bunny, appeared on quite a few of them. Just out of curiosity, show of hands, how many people have ever seen Happy Bunny before? Okay, just a few, not a lot. All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about Happy Bunny because, well, I got to let you in on a little secret. He's not really all that happy. As a matter of fact, Happy Bunny, I suppose we could describe as a little bit sassy. These are some of the things you might find on t-shirts with Happy Bunny or on calendars. And I will just tell you, I kept it really, really clean because this is Wednesday worship. Okay? So things like, it's not fair to you how cool I am, or I just realized I don't care, or cute but psycho things even out. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, what does this have to do with loving our enemies? What, what is this happy bunny thing all about? Well, can, can I tell you a little family story? Okay, some of you are nodding, thank you. I was going to tell you anyway, but I appreciate, I appreciate the, uh, the vote of confidence. So this is probably about a dozen years ago or so. My kids were somewhere probably between the ages of 7 and 10, 11, 12, something like that. And my mother, who, let the record show, is one of the sweetest women in the world and a great-grandmother, decides that she's got to do something special for Easter for all of her grandkids for their Easter baskets. So she found herself at the dollar store and saw these Happy Bunny playing cards. They're nice cellophane-wrapped playing cards with Happy Bunny on the top. And what does she know? She thinks it's Happy Bunny. Remember, she's the sweetest woman in the world, or at least one of them. So she buys a packet of Happy Bunny cards for every single one of her grandchildren and puts them in her, their Easter baskets. I remember my, one of my children bringing me the packet opened and kind of fanning them out and reading the sayings on the cards and wondering what happened to my mother. What made her think that this happy bunny was a great idea? You can probably guess that we haven't stopped, even a dozen years later, giving my mother a hard time for poisoning the minds of her young grandchildren. But I bring this up because I remember one card distinctly. I think it was the sevens. All the sevens in the deck had this exact same card in it, and here's what it said. 
Plotting revenge is fun. Just what you want to teach your eight-year-old, right? But think about this just for a second. Happy Bunny is right, isn't he? We kind of relish the idea that if somebody wrongs us, if somebody says something to hurt us, we kind of relish the idea that we might have a right to get even, that we have a right to say something back to them or do something back to them that will at least even the score a little bit, right? It's natural, isn't it? It's part of our sinful nature to think if somebody hurts me, that means I have the right to inflict a little pain or a little hurt back to them. Well, tonight we want to see how Jesus flips this idea of the world upside down based on some words from Matthew chapter 5. Listen to what Jesus says. You have heard that it was said an eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Maybe a lot of you recognize from the reference or from the words that these are part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew's chapter five, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Jesus is speaking to his followers. And really, all three of those chapters are Jesus' biblical advice for how to live according to God's will. And so Jesus is talking about and acknowledging the fact that people like to get even, to settle scores. He even starts out, you have heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Do you know where Jesus got that from? Do you know where they've heard that said? Would you be surprised to know that that's actually directly out of the Old Testament? It's found in Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. All three of those books have that phrase in it, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. So what was the purpose of that law in the Old Testament? It wasn't to give us vigilante justice that if somebody did something to us, we could turn around and hurt them equally much. What it was given for was to demonstrate that if someone did something that was worthy of punishment, the punishment needed to fit the crime. Either way, what Jesus does is he turns it around completely, doesn't he? Did you notice the pattern? It actually is about five times in chapter 5 of Matthew where Jesus says, You have heard it said, but I tell you. And so Jesus says, you might be heard this eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth thing, but, but let me tell you how you can act as a, as a child of your heavenly father. He says, if somebody hits you on the right cheek, then turn to them the other one as well. Can you just picture this in your own head? Somebody slapping you so hard that you see stars and then your response is, well, just go ahead and hit the other side too. Or someone sues you for your shirt and you say, okay, yeah, you can have that and, and here's my coat too. Or forcing you to go a mile and then you offer to go an extra mile with them. That's what Jesus is saying. That's how he flips this upside down. And then he goes one step further. You have heard it said, Jesus says, that same pattern again, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, I tell you, Jesus says, love your enemies. 
I know you've heard this, but isn't there a part of us that says, really, Jesus? Really, the people who hurt us, the people who make our lives miserable, the people who are constantly on our case, those are the people that I'm supposed to love? Did you hear what Jesus said next? Not, not just love your enemies, but pray. Pray for those who persecute you. What Jesus is demonstrating to us is if we want to be a reflection of our Father's love, of that, the fact that we are children of the Heavenly Father, then we want to love as God loved us first. Have you tried it? Have you done this? Have you prayed for those who persecute you, those who anger you, those who get under your skin? If you haven't tried it, try it. It's pretty amazing. Do you know how hard it is to be angry with someone that you're praying for? Do you know how hard it is to hold a grudge against someone that you are taking to the throne of our Heavenly Father's grace? That's what Jesus wants. And in doing so, what really happens is you and I get let out of our anger prison. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? When you get so worked up about what somebody said or what somebody did or the unfairness of, of the way somebody treated you that you get all bottled up inside, you get kind of upset and frustrated and then all of a sudden you realize that person maybe doesn't even know I'm upset. It's happening all inside of me. And when we let go of that anger, when we, we hand it off to God and say, I don't, I don't need to do this. I can love. I can pray for my enemies. That's when we get out of the prison that our anger can put us in. The Apostle Paul talked about this very same thing and really he is taking Jesus' words and, and just applying them a little bit, maybe even taking it a little bit further and flipping this whole idea of hating enemies versus loving enemies upside down. Here's what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 12. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As you take a look at these words, you and I are realistic. We know that there's no way we're going to stomp out all the hate in this world. As a matter of fact, there's very little of the hate in this world that you and I can change at all. But did you hear what the Apostle Paul said? There's one little bit, one little bit of hatred that we can watch out for, that we can do something about. And with the help of God, we can say, whatever is on us, as far as it depends on us, we can live at peace with other people. That's what God wants, for us to live at peace, to turn the other cheek, to go the extra mile, to be willing to forgive because we know something greater. We already know that everything is in God's hands. We don't need to get even because we can simply put it in the hands of the one who knows all things. What you and I have, what God has done for us, is given us a peace that's beyond any peace that this world has to offer. It's the peace of knowing the forgiveness of sins. It's the peace of knowing our status as God's children, that in spite of our sins, Jesus redeemed us, that we are God's very own. 
I love the saying on the little uh, picture there, the peace isn't the absence of conflict, it's the presence of the Prince of Peace. You see, peace doesn't mean, living at peace doesn't mean you never have disagreements, that you never have differences of opinion. It just means those things can be trumped by love. That love is greater than any kind of conflict. And when the love of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, fills our hearts, then we can love our enemies too. The exact opposite of how we think. When our enemy is hungry, Jesus says, feed him. Give him something to drink when he's thirsty. And in so doing, Jesus says, you heap burning coals on their head. It doesn't sound like a good thing, but really what the Apostle Paul is telling us is that when you love someone that treats you poorly, it causes them shame. They might ask themselves a question like, well, how can that person be so kind and loving to me when I've been so mean to them? And the goal is to get them to see Jesus, to get them to see the love that we have because he first loved us. Just a couple of quick things that I'd love for you to take away from our devotion this evening. First of all, because we have peace with God through Jesus, we are able to live at peace with even those who oppose us. We can place everything in God's hands, knowing that he's already given us peace through Jesus and that we have something so much greater yet to come. And that's the second one. When, we, when anger flares, we pray for our enemies, remembering God's love for us. We can pray our anger away because God wants us to love our enemies just as he loved us. So I'll wrap it up with the happy bunny who really isn't too happy if you think about it. I don't necessarily want you all to run off and Google happy bunny and find all the other sayings, but you would, if you would do that, discover that he is not really the happiest thing that's ever lived. But here's what you have and here's what I have. Not a pretend happiness, not a happiness that relishes other people's misfortune, but real joy. The real joy of knowing a savior from sin. The real joy of knowing that people like us who were once God's enemies by nature are now his friends. People that he calls his own dear children. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way in Romans chapter 5, that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's that real joy that allows us to flip upside down the way we think naturally and love, yes, even our enemies. Love all people because Christ loved us first. Amen.